Coming up, Dominic Alvarez, he joins me. We're going to chat NBA trades, whether these would actually happen. A little bit of NRL on Fanua Blake and on the potential Justin Oldham, uh, Sean Bloor trade. Plus, his reaction on Football Australia adding a second division to football here in Australia. That's all next on the Vincent Man Sports Podcast. I'm here with Dominic Alvarez. Dom, what I wanted to do with you today was it's sort of trade season coming up. There's already some trades that are floating around in the NBA. And I wanted to come up with some hypothetical trades with you. So what we have done is we have created five trades each, which we feel like would make the NBA interesting just that little bit more. Who's wants to start? I'll start because this one's going to be the obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, can we do like different team options or just? Yeah, one team? go ahead. Oh, well, we can do different team options. Yeah, you have to do one. Okay, team. I got Zach Levine to the 76ers. Zach Levine to the LA Lakers. Zach Levine to Miami, and Zach Levine to Utah. Okay, um, so you choose the one that, that you feel like is the more interesting. I reckon Miami, hmm. because Miami missed out on Drew Holiday and Dame, and obviously they need some backcourt help because Kyle Lowry being the point guard there. Look in the trade, I've got Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Nikola Jovic, plus two future first round picks for Zach Levine. Which I think that's a that's a decent trade. It's interesting to see how he would fit into Miami's offense because you would have to combine him with Butler and Bam as well. Mm. The only thing is, with his injury history, is he going to be at risk? Is he going to be there for the playoffs? Mm. Yeah, that's a fair point. So what was your thinking behind that trade? Why Miami? Because, as I said before, like Miami missed out on the two big players available this offseason that got traded, Damon Drew. And I think Zach Levine's a good scorer. And I think for Miami to compete with those two teams, they need another piece there with, with Jimmy and Bam. And I, I just think, why not? Like, 76 is also a good shout. But I think Miami, to get the next step forward to improve on their, what they already have, um, it would be a good fit. Do you think he'll be the best fit in Miami out of all those teams you named? Maybe not, but it was the most interesting one. Yeah. Well, look, I've got a Zach Levine trade as well. Yeah. Um, I haven't going to the Knicks. Oh, yeah. I didn't think of that. Um, so he goes to the Knicks and the Bulls get RJ Barrett, Fournier, Grimes and two unprotected first rounders. And my thinking is the Knicks right now are probably that four or five seed, probably stuck around there. They can't get into that top echelon in the Eastern Conference. And I think getting a guy like that could potentially put them up there. Yeah, I didn't think of that at all. That's a, that's a decent trade there. Yeah. 
him if, yeah. uh, um, with Jalen Brunson not getting traded there. So him, Jalen Brunson, Randall's still there. Robinson's a good defender, good center. Yeah, and you can put Hart at the three as well as we saw oh, last yeah. year. Instead of being a six man, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and no, well, they, they still got Emmanuel quickly who can be their six man. Yeah, true. Yeah, he's he's gone. Yeah. So they well, like the Knicks. They probably got at least six guys there who can contribute to a playoff team. Mm. Yeah, look, this trade's going to be come down to what Chicago wants in return, I think, not what the best destination for Zach Levine is. No, obviously not. But the only thing that yeah. was sort of holding me back from saying, yeah, that's going to be happening is does the Knicks' next offseason go after Donovan Mitchell? Is he off contract? Well, he's going to be one year left after this season. And mm. is it realistic that he stays in Cleveland? I don't know. He always wanted to go to the Knicks when he was at Utah. Maybe he goes mm. and says, hey, I'm not going to re-sign with Cleveland. I'm going to go to New York. Do they? Do the Knicks then just wait for him to do that? Do they just wait for Donovan Mitchell being available? Mm. It would have to lose a lot, though, to get him. Oh, yeah. I mean... I don't think he'll be... Like, his value would be high. Like, Jalen Bronson might have to go. Unless they give out Randall... Well, Barrett. they have to probably put Randall and Barrett in there as well and just yeah. have the, the backcourt be Brunson and uh, Mitchell, if that's the case. But, yeah. I don't know, like, if you were the Knicks, would you trade for Levine now or would you wait for Donovan Mitchell next offseason? Nah, you have to trade now. You can't, you can't, you can't wait. I think you have to act now. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you don't know whether he's going to actually want to leave Cleveland as well. So you can't. You're playing yeah. a risk almost. Is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah, you're playing. Yeah, you have to choose like now. I would, I would say you have to choose now. But Nick's Levine, that's a good, that's a good trade. So with the other Levine trades that you had, you had Utah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Colin Sexton, um, Horton Tucker, Kelly O'Lillick, and two first-round picks. So why Utah? Because it seems like Utah is rebuilding at the moment. Mm, they are, but they're still a decent side. I think if he partners with Larry Markadon, I reckon they, would, they could push to make the play-in maybe. And <laughs> I, I, mean, I think he would be the, he would be the star on that team, I think, if, if he doesn't get injured. It's an interesting pairing with Levine and Markinen as well because they, yeah. they played together in Chicago as well. Yeah, yeah. If I'm, my memory serves me correctly. But I think yeah. um, the only problem with that trade is I don't know, like you said, I don't know how far they get them, they get them just in the play-in because if you make yeah. that sort of trade, I think the expectation is then your team should be making the playoffs. Mm. True. Um, yeah. Who else did you have? You had um, Philadelphia, and what was the other team? Oh, Lakers. The Lakers, yeah. yeah. Uh, run through the Philadelphia trade quickly, and why? Marcus Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batoon, and first round pick. Yeah, first <laughs> the, round pick. This is basically the James Harden package they got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, 76ers have got better with James Harden out, and I think. 
if they have Tyrese Massey and Zach Levine in the backcourt with Tobias Harris and uh, PJ, is PJ Tucker? Is it? No. No, he got traded to LA with Harden. Who would, who's the power forward? Oh, Korma. What's his name? Kormas. Oh. Yeah, and Joel Embiid. That's a, that's a decent starting five. The only thing is as well, um, I feel like with that Philadelphia team, there is a lack of playmaking. Like Maxi's mm. not a traditional point guard. Levine's not a tra- traditional point guard as well. You got guys mm. on that team like Embiid and those two guards. If they were to include um, Levine, they can pass, but they're not sort of this traditional passer, like a, a point guard, someone like a Chris Paul on that team. Yeah, not a lot of ball movement. There'll be just ISO plays everywhere. And I do question their lack of defensive mindset as well, especially with the two guards who, you know, look, they are both very athletic and very quick as well, mm. but they aren't known for their defensive prowess. Mm. Yeah, And they probably a lack of size as well, I think. I think Maxi's 6'2", 6'3", and Levine would be not too far off maxi's height as well maybe just a little bit taller than him too so hmm. the only thing is they might need a bit more length in the guard position as well if they were to trade for someone like levine yeah true true and then just the last one yeah and just the last one you had you had um the lakers as well what was the package yeah. for that one deangelo russell hachimura gabe vincent and two first round picks yeah, I mean, the thing is, again, I think I like your uh, first trade, the, the one where he goes to... Um, Miami? Miami, yes. Yeah. I think that one's probably the best one in terms of fit and actual, yeah. like, oh, will this actually happen? Could that yeah. actually be realistic? Yeah. Um, With the Lakers, yeah, I get it. Like, he's a... You know, he came from UCLA, so he's probably familiar with the area too. Yeah. The only thing is they got Austin Reeves there too. So in mm. the backcourt, they're going to have Levine and Reeves. Again, pretty yeah, similar to the good. point that I made at for Philadelphia. It's a lack of playmaking yeah. if you take out LeBron. Yeah, yeah true. So that's probably... Yeah, I go yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to name one of my trades. Now, for me, what I tried to do was try to make it a bit more interesting in a way that include players who could be on the market over the next 12 months, Mm -hmm. but it's not really talked about right now in the media for whatever reason. So obviously I had the Levine trade to the Knicks. My next trade is involving Miami and Toronto. Miami gets Pascal Siakam and Toronto gets Tyler Hero, Caleb Martin, Nikola Jovic, an unprotected first-round pick, and a first-round pick swap. Now, yeah. with my thinking of that is, again, very similar to what you had with Levine. They miss mm. out on all the stars during the offseason as well. Mm. Plus, they need a bit more depth in that front court as well and pretty much a star player, right? And then you've got guys like a, a trio of Butler, Siakam, and Bam there. Hmm. And that, I think, really takes them up to at least a top three finish in the Eastern Conference Finals. Can Could potentially challenge them in the Bucks or 
the Boston Celtics. What do you think? I see it. I see it. I see. I see your point. Yeah. That would Miami would be a serious contender then because you got Bam and Siakam as your two big guys, really. It works for Toronto as well, but they lose they lose their best player, obviously. Yeah, I could see it happen. When's his deal end? Uh, a couple years. So he's got hmm. two years left this season, next season. Yeah, and I'm just thinking more like I hate that Scotty Barnes Siakam fit. Like I don't think they can play together. I think they're two front court players who just offer too much of the same thing. Mm, yeah. With Barnes playing really well this season, I think Toronto just yeah. goes, hey, we're going to go with this guy for the next 10 years and build the team around him. And Siakam, you know, thanks for bringing us a, a championship, being a core part of that, but it's time to move on. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good trade, though. That's a great – for this season, that would help Miami. Like, just like the Zach Levine trade, it will push them up. A bit further, yeah. I yeah, like exactly. It. Hey, um, while we we're talking, I got a notification, just a, a bit of breaking news. Mm. And this is on the topic of trades. Uh, the Sacramento mm. Kings, they may be involved with talks with Zach Levine, Siakam, and OG Ananobi. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I I had a, one with Sacramento. One really? trade I had down. Yeah. Well, the thing with Sacramento is that they're struggling this season. They're clearly not living up to what they did last season as well. And mm. they probably need uh, something a little bit different in there too. So I don't blame mm. them going for a um, a guard, one of those three guys. Yeah, a little bit more X factor they need, yeah. Anything. All right. Well, um, do you have another trade? Yeah. Yeah. Um... This one's a bit interesting. You might not agree with it, but I got Clint Capella to the Mavs. Uh, this is for Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell, and two first, uh, two picks, I think, second-round picks. Now, the Mavs, they need a center. I don't think their center they have right now is an Ivy. He's a rookie. Lively, yeah. Yeah, Lively is a rookie, and I feel like Luke is playing great basketball. Kyrie's playing great basketball. And if they want to push for a title, which I think they have ambitions for, they need a center that can get the they can clean the clean the glass. And I think Capella at Atlanta is slowly losing his minutes because a, a Kongwu is coming through. And I think Atlanta will pick the younger option. And I think this trade works for both parties. Um I like it. For you the like Dallas it? side. I don't like it for the yeah. Atlanta side. I don't think it's enough. It's mm. the only thing. Yeah. Um, because Atlanta yeah. is also vying to try and make the playoffs as well. Mm. So they need something in return. And I don't feel like the guys that get in return are going to be of sufficient value to what Capella brings on the court. Mm. Yeah. That's the only thing as well. Plus, I think... so. Trading Capella to the Mavericks, would that mean Okonwu starts for Atlanta? Yeah. Um, look, I think he is a good player, but we've only really seen him play off the bench. Yeah. And it's a completely different story. It could be a completely different story if he starts for them. Yeah. And true. if he goes 
pear shaped almost with his performance. Yeah, <laughs> they don't really have much to fall back on in that center position. Yeah, so they true. then put like Powell Kleber in there as well. You know, yeah. but I do like the idea of him going to Dallas because again, you got Luca and you got Kyrie who are two offensive heavy guards, hmm. and he's a really good fit next to him because he brings defense and rebounding as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's why I, I I thought I thought of it. I thought of it. Yeah, you know, I have something a little bit similar um with this team i chose it with another center but i was thinking of trading capella to the okc thunder yes yeah what pace is they yeah i don't well i got another center look i'll i'll just name this trade i actually have okc training for valachunas oh yeah um so I have him going to the Thunder with uh, Robertson Earl and New Orleans receives Usman Dieng, Pokusevsky, Mimic, and a second rounder. Now, Valachunas is on an expiring contract. Mm. I think with the New Orleans Pelicans, um, they're sort of a no-man's land team. And that's yeah. just because of the makeup of the team as well. I don't think they have pieces there that work together. And this is their chance to really say, hey, let's reset and try and figure out firstly who we're building this team around. And then after the working out that, let's put pieces around that player that complements him for his weaknesses. Mm. And for Oklahoma City, they're getting a big next to Chet as well. Now, Valentunas is probably more of an offensive player, but mm. Chet probably makes up for him for a defensive side of things. And what they get is a bigger body, especially if, well, now that Chet with Valentunas next to him, Valentunas can guard all the big Europeans centers that yeah. Chet's been getting bullied by because he happens to be one as well, Valentunas. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as well, like if OKC is going to be making the playoffs this year, they're going to be encountering a few of these guys in the West, like Jokic, Sabonis as well. So you need a guy with a bit of size as well, like Valanciunas when it comes to the playoffs, because otherwise, if they don't have that, I feel that OKC is probably just going to be a first round exit and Chet's just going to be absolutely dominated in the defensive side. Yeah, definitely. I think that they, they are lacking size in that position. Who they got? Jalen Williams? Well, I'm pretty sure they're playing Chet at center at the moment, but I think they're too- like last time I checked this, their starting five was something along the lines of Shea, Giddy, Jalen Williams, um, Lou, Lou Dort, Dort, Lou Dort, Lou Dort yeah. and then Chet. That's, that's pretty small. Yeah. Like, that's almost Golden State where it's small if Chet wasn't there. No, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, if you look at the West, you got all these big guys, and I think OKC just needs another guy next to Chet. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a good trade. Do you think New Orleans would be happy with that package? Yeah, yeah because I don't think Zion and Brandon Ingram are, are a good tandem. Oh, like, oh, like save that because I have a trade for that. 
Okay, you, you, you tell me about it. You agree with me. Like, that, they don't work together. No, they don't work. Yeah. Okay. My next trade, I got Malcolm Brogdon going to the Cavs. So, the Cavs, uh, Portland received Karis LeVert, Isaac Okoro, and two second-round picks. So, Darius Garland got injured recently, I think a couple of weeks ago. And Cavs' depth in that position isn't that great. And I feel like Malcolm Brogdon last year had a, was six man of the year for the Celtics. And I think that he's just been wasted at Portland and he would have a bigger impact on the Cavs and help him push to a to a, a playoff position, maybe third, fourth, fifth. What do you think? It's a really good trade. I think for both sides as well. Very nicely yeah. thought out. So yeah. the only thing is I feel that instead of a second rounder, Portland might push for a first. Yeah. You also get a bit more value out of it as well. Yeah, because they're building, yeah. Yeah, because of the rebuilding stuff. But yeah. um and that could be a valuable first rounder, as we said, if Donovan Mitchell leaves in a year from Cleveland, yeah. you never know what that pick could do. But I do yeah. like it because I'm always someone who values the six man position. I mm. feel it's very underrated because again, you get sort of this second wave of offense coming out that the opposite team or the opposition can't really sort of rest on, you know, yeah, they could have to be thinking as well. Yeah. And Brogdon yeah, obviously was, is the current reigning six man of the year as well. So he's yeah. very, very proficient in that degree. Yeah. Good. We agree on that one. Good. The only thing, well, look, I think with Cleveland as well, yes, they've got all their guys there, but I don't know if that's the sort of trade that puts them above or equal to a Boston, Philadelphia, or even a Milwaukee, if Milwaukee gets their stuff together. Mm. Yeah, I understand. I just feel like him coming off the bench, just say Donovan Mitchell's not on the floor, they, they still have some offense. And ball movement with him on the court. That's what I'm thinking of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a good trade and it's something that they both teams should make. And yeah. I do feel that Brogdon is going to be traded because there's no reason for him to be in Portland. Yeah, he's not, just yeah. wasting in Portland. Yeah, yeah. But it'd be funny, there's all these guards have been rotated through the just the Damian Lillard trade, right? Yeah. Right, so you got Lillard, you know, Milwaukee. Like, it's all these teams, like Milwaukee, Portland, and Boston have been affected, and then you bring in the Cavs. Yeah. It's all these rotation. Anyway, my next trade. Let's go on to that New Orleans trade I was talking about, splitting up Ingram and Zion. Yeah. It was hard finding an Ingram destination as well. I was like, oh, should I put him in Brooklyn? Should I bring him back to LA? Should I put him in hmm. like San Antonio or something? But I've chosen to take him to Atlanta. Okay. Um, so him and Kira Lewis go to Atlanta for DeAndre Hunter, Bogdanovich, AJ Griffin, a first and a second. Hmm. And my thinking is... Um, a little bit of a point forward as well who can handle the ball. Yes, Trey Young's on that team. DeJounte's on that team as well. 
But again, it's another point of attack as well. It allows the guards to be a bit more off-ball as well, so more shooter. Yeah. Plus, yeah. I feel like Ingram's probably a lot better with shooters around him as well, um, just because of his play nature as well, being a point forward. And then you go with yeah. New Orleans, they get some pieces to fit around Zion if that's where they want to go as well. You get um, Hunter, who is very tall, lanky, good defender. Um, Bogdanovich is a shooter. Griffin, again, very promising with his length as well, plus that first and second as well to add towards your assets and potentially get something else in the future. I like it. But Atlanta losing, losing Bogdanovich, that's a lot of shooting for them. He's like... On any given night, he can give him 15 to 20 points because he's really good. For, he's a sniper from the three. But I see Brendan Ingram going to Atlanta and doing pretty good, with like freeing up Trey Young, freeing up DeJounte Murray because he has that guard skills. So, yeah, that's possible. That's possible. And I feel that with Atlanta, they're probably somewhere right now with that six to eight range in the East. And yeah. I would say with the trade with Ingram, if he can stay healthy, could put them up to the top four. Oh, definitely, definitely. If if he has somewhat of when when he's on, get twenty points plus with a couple of assists, five assists, yeah, definitely takes the load off Trey Young, and they have multiple options to score. Yeah, and then you also got as well a guy like Jalen Johnson, who's actually stepped up this year as well, become a very valuable asset. Capella as well, Okonwu and Sadiq yeah. Bey. You've got seven guys there who can be valuable contributors to a playoff team. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I like that trade, yeah. Uh, do you have another one? Yeah, I got, a, I got an interesting one. You might agree. Carl Kuzma to the Sixers. So, Carl Kuzma for Marcus Morris, uh, Cork Mars, Daniel House, and a first-round pick. Yeah, like, what's your um, reasoning behind that trade? Oh, the same with the Zach Levine one. Like, they bring in someone else to push him to match Boston or Milwaukee, and I feel Carl Kuzma is not... Uh, it would do well as a third option on a, on a championship-contending team. And Washington, like, they're not playing for anything. They're probably going to rebuild and probably trade Jordan Poole somewhat maybe. next year, maybe. <laughs> so, like, I feel like, yeah, give Kyle Kuzma a chance to maybe uh, contend for a championship. Well, just on that, and let's see who actually wants Jordan Poole after what's oh. happened this year. <laughs> He's going to be playing in uh, NBL, maybe. Maybe. The um, I like it. Yeah, you I like, like it, it for yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, and it allows Washington to just go complete rebuild, right? No mm. more players that have thirty shots a game. Yeah. <laughs> um, Look, they'll, they'll get a lot of cap space from it. I think. Yeah. So um, yeah. Yeah, why did you put your mic to? <laughs> you spoke really sorry to everyone listening. I don't know why he did that. Um, my bad, my bad. The one thing as well um, with Kuzma. So what does he bring? He brings scoring, 
rebounding and size as well. And yeah. you're probably then expecting a little bit more to come out of Embiid to play defense as well, because Kuzma is probably not very proficient in that area. Hmm. But again, Kuzma, he has that experience of being on a championship team as well. So he knows what it takes to be winning a championship and pushing. Um, I think he does push Philadelphia to be close to equal to Boston, maybe be their biggest challenges. In the yeah, East. definitely. Definitely. Him and Tobias Harris playing in the forward spot, like that's, that, they're two decent um, forwards, definitely. I have uh, one more trade. This is my controversial trade. Yeah. I have Clay Thompson going to the Knicks for RJ Whoa. Barrett, Fournier, and a second. Whoa. Splash Brother getting traded? Yeah. Um, one year left on his contract, and he's looked absolutely awful this season. Hmm. He's, yeah, he's completely, his PR is down. I think it might be a career low. And you got guys like Moses Moody who's playing really well as well. And I thought, let's just get him to a big city as well where he can get a lot more notoriety and fame as well. So I sent him to New York. And for Golden State, they get RJ Barrett, who's got um, versatility, a bit of length as well, and a second if they want to include in any other trade. Plus they get Fournier, who's, um, well, I don't know why. I don't know what he brings. Well, he's a, he, he done well in the Fever tournament and doesn't get any minutes. I don't yeah, get it. I he guess, plays yeah. well for France. He comes to the NBA. He could probably help New York a little bit more with scoring and doesn't get any minutes. Yeah. He must Look, just be... I don't know. He, he's hated amongst the roster or the locker room in New York. Hey, I, I, don't, I don't get it. He's a decent scorer. Um, must but, be something with New York. Yeah, maybe with the coach. But Clay... Yeah, he's he's been very poor this season, but the the nostalgia of Clay at Golden State, like didn't he score thirty points in one quarter once? Yeah, well he has the record. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna get rid of that guy? You're gonna get rid of him? Like maybe yeah, he did that like a few years ago. He's not that guy anymore. Yeah, true. True. Maybe that's possible. That'd be sad though. That'd be a sad trade. Oh, it would be quite interesting, right? So he gets flipped over there, and he goes with um, he's got Brunson and Randall there. Mm. Now that'd be pretty interesting. I feel it's like, oh, you're splitting up the Splash Brothers. Like, okay, I didn't think you're going to do this, but why not? Yeah, see where that takes you. That would be pretty interesting, that one. Yeah. And Barrett, you get younger as well, and you're on a long-term contract with him. Hmm. Yeah, look, yeah, Steph's not going to play forever, and Clay's not going to be able to play forever. So, uh, yeah, for the future, it works good for... It works well for Golden State. Mm. And New York, it boosts them up a little bit. Adds a sniper, really, from the three-point line. Yeah. All right. Um, did you have any more trades? I got one that it's it's all right. Alex Caruso to Sacramento. Okay. So, uh, the Davion Mitchell, the name Davion Mitchell. Yeah, Davion. Yeah, Kessler Edwards and a first round and two and a second a future second round pick. I heard you say Kessler. I was like, oh, they're trading Walker Kessler. When did he go to Sacramento? <laughs> no, 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 no. Kessler Edwards, yeah. 
Yeah. Look, uh, just Sacramento needs something else. Like that, that they're, they're stuck right now. And like last year, maybe could have been a blip. Maybe it was a fluke. But they still have guys. They have the Andre Fox and Sabonis, two really good players in the West. And maybe adding another ball handler would can help them uh, make uh, the playoffs again. Maybe have a good run again. What do you think? So a guard who's more of a defensive guard and very versatile, can play the point, play the two, probably yeah. could defend at least three positions. Yeah, he's he's going to be a valuable asset, and I think he is going to get traded this season because yeah. there's no reason if Chicago decides to rebuild, why they mm. would keep him. And I yeah. would say at least 10 plus teams who are trying to make the playoffs would want a guy like Alex Caruso on their team. And the question is, where is the, the package? So I think with him at Sacramento, yeah, that's a really good fit. But I also think he would make a really good fit amongst at least 10 other teams. Yeah, definitely. He's just that definitely. sort of player. Yeah, definitely. But the thing is, like, Davion Mitchell, he is that defensive guard as well. So I guess you are just making an upgrade over Davion Mitchell with Alex Caruso. Yeah. He's just a better defender than him. Yeah. Plus, if you look at the Chicago side with all the picks, again, they're sort of loading up on the future. Yeah, well, they've... I, I don't think we end the season with the Raisin. Zach Levine, Alex Caruso still wearing Chicago Bulls uniform. Well, what did I say? One of my predictions was yeah, Chicago was, was, was going to blow it up. That was yeah, that was a tick, tick. Yeah, looks like it's going to be happening. Um, yeah. Which one was your favorite trade? My favorite from well, you? Well, from me, yes. Uh, refresh me one more time. So I had Levine to the Knicks, Pascal Siakam yeah. to Miami, Valanciunas yeah. to OKC, Ingram to Atlanta, yeah. and Clay to the Knicks. I like Valanciunas, OKC. I think it makes him a real contender. A real contender? To make playoffs. like Oh, to make playoffs. Okay. I thought yeah, you meant real contender yeah. to challenge Denver. No, 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 real, no, no, no. That's out of the window. No, no I like Valentinus. Mm. I thought oh, you Yeah, I thought the most interesting for you was that Kuzma trade. I was like, oh, that's actually an interesting trade. I didn't think about Kuzma yeah. as well. Um, at yeah. any point, did you feel like you wanted to trade Brooks or Jordan Poole to China? Yeah, but I don't know what pieces I'll get for them. But yeah, <laughs> no, right. Jordan, Jordan Poole. Yeah, he's got to go. He's got to go. So you got to go out of the league. Out of the league, yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to move on to something else I wanted to talk with Dom. All right. What I wanted to talk to you about today was a couple of things. Firstly, I want to look at NRL. Yeah. What do you think about this Sean Bloor, Justin Olam trade? Hmm... Because you're the West Tigers supporter. Yeah. Dustin is a good center. Like, and we have a lot of depth in back row. And Sean Blue hasn't really, he hasn't, since, since he came back from injury, like he didn't really stand out that much this season when he's had opportunity. So 
I reckon he goes to Melbourne, becomes a, a great uh a great second rower. And maybe Olin helps us win more games. I don't know. I don't I don't really like it. But you don't like it? As in you don't like look, getting Olam or like, you don't like losing Bloor? I don't like losing Bloor. Mm. I don't mind getting Olam, but not to lose Sean Bloor because he he's a he's a promising second rower. What do you think? I don't see how it's fair for Melbourne Storm. I mean, you're trading a guy who was considered by many to be the best center in the league a couple of years ago mm. for a guy who, what is he at best? Maybe a bench player that we've seen. Yeah. Bloor's 23 years old. He's not like 20 or 21. He's 23. So we kind of yeah. know where he is right now. And look, I could be wrong, right? I thought Eli mm. Katoa would be bad, like a bad signing at Melbourne, but it turns out <laughs> with the coaching down there, they yeah, can revive I mean. anyone down there. Yeah, that's what I mean. Look, they can make anyone look good. It would, it would be interesting, but I don't, I don't think it would happen. Like you said, like yeah, Olam comes to Tigers, Blue goes to Storm. Like there's a bit, there's a bit of a difference in value yeah it doesn't seem very fair like i think we talked about it if this were like in the nba it would be something along the lines of olam to the tigers for bloor and a first round pick yeah yeah definitely yeah that would that make more sense it just but doesn't NBA. seem very weird yeah. yeah um so what about for the tiger side what do you think olam does because olam's 29 He's been around for a while as well. Hmm. I think he he brings experience. Obviously, he's won a premiership. He knows what it takes. And he, he would help the young guys, especially in defense, because he's a machine in defense. And this depends on the direction the Tigers want to go. We had this discussion last week, like, if the Tigers want to win games, Olam's perfect fit. But if they want to develop the youth, then bringing a 29-year-old to come play centre, take another young person's spot, is not going to really develop the youth guys in the centre position. And that was my thinking as well. I completely agree yeah. with you. What direction yeah. are they going in? It seems like yeah. a signing with like that would indicate they're trying to win games now. Yeah, which I understand. I haven't won in ages, but... You have heaps of young guys as well, so. Well, the only thing is as well, it seems like Olam, like Olam just doesn't become available. Like there's a reason why he's available. Yeah. He fell so out of favour at Melbourne last year that they were starting mm. guys like Marion Seve and uh, Yong Tanamapia, and look, they're good players in their own right, but they are not on the same level as Justin Olam. Yeah, that, yeah, like maybe that's why the ball trade uh trade might happen. His his value at Melbourne's decreased that much that they don't they don't value him there. That's insane! Like, how can you go yeah. from being one of the best centers in the league to being available mm. within you know like it's within a year, right? Like at this point last season, we were probably saying, oh. Um, Olin's probably a top five center. We wouldn't think that 
Justin Olin would be available for a trade this time last year. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's it's, it's amazing. Like it's maybe something happened with him and Craig Bellamy. They're not getting along now. Maybe. He, yeah, well, if he's if he's being shopped around like that, he's not going to be at Melbourne next year, next season. No, obviously not. Yeah. Um, the other thing as well I wanted to talk to you about was something a bit more uh, football uh, nationally as well. Now, I don't know if yeah. you heard, but the second tier competition got announced. Yeah. I heard um, yeah. What do you, what's your reaction to that? Look, New South Wales and Melbourne have the teams. So it's like a East Coast competition, really. Um, I don't know what happened in Brisbane or in Adelaide. I hope I put their name in. I think it's good. But yeah, it's good for it's good for football in Australia. But I don't see I don't see this becoming A League teams getting relegated and field te- uh second division teams going up. I think the A League won't the A League clubs won't agree to that. But it's a start, it's something. Um it obviously will bring will be able to develop more players in Australia because there's more competition at a high level. And I I think it's very good. But I don't see this in two to three years becoming like the actual second division like in uh in England where you can get relegated and promoted. I just mm. think that they're gonna play their own competition. A League's gonna have their own competition and until the second division probably adds more teams and they'll start thinking, okay, well now this can be like a championship thing and that and the A League will be the Premier League. The only thing what, is, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit confused. You probably have a better idea than me. Um mm-hmm. so how does it work now with MPL and that? Because a lot of the MPL one teams have now gone up to this new competition. My understanding is if they if the New South Wales MPL and Melbourne and Victoria MPL allowed that. I think that so Marconi, Sydney United, Wollongong Wolves, Sydney Olympic, they'll have under 23 squad that can play in the MPL and then the actual first graders will play in uh, the second division. That's what my, my thinking is because the A-League clubs like Mariners, MacArthur Bulls and Wanderers, Sydney FC, they have the under 23s playing in MPL and then they have obviously the A-League guys. So, that's what I'm thinking they might do. So it'd be similar to how it works in European football, where you have the the first team sides. Oh, well, the yeah, the first team senior squads. They're playing in yeah. the first division, but then you would have yeah. say a under 18s or an under 21s playing in a third division. Yeah, so I think they'll have the under 23s reserve guys playing in the MPL. That's that's what the A League clubs do, and I think that's. It still will make the league competitive because you can still have a first grader who plays in the second division, maybe coming back from injury, come down and play in the MPL. So I think I think that's how it's gonna work. Okay. I think the only thing that I've really had a bit more thought of, because I'm still processing it. I only just hmm. saw it this morning about this news. Yeah. So I'm still processing it. But one thing that it does add is a bit more professionalism in football Australia. Definitely. Uh, more opportunities yeah. to 
uh, for people to be earning a, a full-time wage, a full-time salary, I should say. Plus yeah. for guys like you and I, it would open up opportunities to work in the fitness area too. Definitely. Definitely. Look, the guys that play in the NPL have, have a, have a second job. Like the football is not their only job. So for this to work, there must be a fair bit of money involved that the guys would be like, okay, let's go, let's become professional. Cause I know a few NPL guys, they make, they do, they do well. They have a good living and they just play football on the side. So this definitely adds a lot of professionalism and the culture and the clubs like Marconi got Italian, Sydney United, Croatian, Sydney Olympic, Greek, like there's a lot of football heritage in here and it somewhat repairs the damage that was lost from the NSL, mm. which I think it helps Australian football definitely, but I don't think there's going to be promotion relegation from the start. Like it's just going to have to build a lot. But do you think that will eventually be introduced? Because it is something they have talked about in the past. I hope so. If they do that, then Australian football is going to be up another level. Like to have that, that means that every game they're going to be fighting for points. Because like you see in the A League, when it comes to about round nineteen, round twenty, the teams at the bottom are like, okay, it's all right, we don't have to worry, nothing's going to happen, we can play and lose. Whereas they have if relegation promotion is like okay we need to win today makes games more competitive brings the best out of players and it'll make the league a better spectacle yeah uh my ideas on promotion relegation is the same as you right and i think you yeah. hit the nail on the head it just makes it much more competitive particularly at the bottom yeah. of the table yeah. so there are tw- 12 teams in the a league am i right in yeah, saying 12. that 12 12 yeah 12. right so you would think, like I'm thinking because EPL has three teams relegated each year. Yeah. You would have two relegated and two promoted probably yeah. in the A-League. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then this sort of system only is for the men, right? Like they're not doing this for the women. No, just I think just for the men, yeah. Just for the men. Okay. Just so I can get a bit more understanding. Okay. Yeah. So I think, again... Do you think because of this second competition, there's only Sydney and Melbourne teams? Do you think they'll eventually go into Queensland, Hobart, Adelaide, Perth? They have to. They have to. They have to. I think I heard, if I'm not mistaken, um, Queensland MPO, I think, um, blackmailed a team to saying if you join that second division, if something happens or what, like it, it uh, doesn't work out. They have to rejoin Queensland NPL from the bottom. Oh, really? <laughs> from the from the start. And that they've probably got scared and they didn't want to join. So yeah, I think right now 10 teams. First season works out okay. Second season works out okay. Maybe another two teams join and then it'll slowly grow. That's what I'm thinking. Because the only thing is if you want to make it a national competition. You yeah, have to include need... the other nation, the other states in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing is, as well, if what because with the A League, right? Because they've got twelve teams now. Will yeah. they look to expand into having more teams? Will there be another know, another Sydney team, right? For example, will they introduce mm. another Queensland team? That sort of thing. Is there opportunity there? Because and then how would that work? 
but there needs to be money in it though for like for that to work out like of course but they, again they'll probably have a bit more money incoming as well with this new league yeah. this new tier coming yeah. I understand your thinking. Maybe, maybe the A League can expand two more teams, get another Perth team, get another Adelaide team. Maybe. Or well, maybe go every... Papua New Guinea, like the NRL's going. Oh, the NRL will do anything for money. They'll do anything for money. The Las Vegas team. Yeah, Las Vegas team. Yeah. Look, cool. I think I think it overall it helps Australian football. But it's gonna take time for for that to grow the second division. Mm. But it's a start. It's a start. It's a start. Yeah, very interesting. I'm interested to see how it plays out over the next not just year, but also next five years as well, and where it takes football Australia. Because as we've seen in Australia, football has grown into one of the biggest sports. I would say it's third right now behind AFL and NRL. In in viewing wise, yeah, but in participation, it's number one. Yeah, I know it's number one there. And then with Someone, all the yeah. Matildas, their success, you probably have more girls coming in and playing now. Yeah, you got heaps of young girls. It's like that's what happened in two thousand and six when Australia lost to Italy and they made the round of sixteen, almost made the quarters. They had a whole generation of young boys trying to be a soccerer. Like, yeah. like that stuff inspires them. So yeah, it's a step. It's a step forward for Australian football. Yeah. One more thing, and then I'll let you go. Um, so I've been thinking about this whole Adam Fanua Blake situation, right? And, yeah. you know, I've been asking different people, oh, what do they think, that sort of thing. So, And I think I've asked you as well, but we haven't really talked about it here on the podcast. If you were running a team, would you – one of the Sydney teams, right? Say if you were running the West Tigers – yeah. Or any other of the Sydney teams, for example. Would you think, would you try and sign Adam Fanua Blake for 2025? If I was Tigers, yeah. If I wasn't Tigers, no. <laughs> if I was the Roosters or Rabbitohs, no. Because the Roosters have already pulled out of the race, which yeah. I think is very telling of the Roosters' culture there. Look, he's obviously got commitment issues. Like, you don't, you don't want to risk that. Plus, how much money is on? A million? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you're not going to risk a million dollars for the guy to w- walk away in a year's time, saying he he has personal reasons and he wants to leave. And that's the thing as well, right? So that's my train of thought. So he's quit on two teams now for family mm-hmm. reasons, and I get it. If you want to look, I I try to compare it with Harden's situation in the NBA. Harden quit because he was. He didn't feel like he was right for the team. All right. Mm. He wanted to go to a different location. But with Fanua Blake, he leaves because for family reasons. But it's still same thing. Quitting is quitting at the end of the day on a team. What's going to yeah. stop him from going to, say, a Dragons or a Bulldogs? And he's only there for a year and, saying, and then saying, oh, I want to move back to New Zealand for family reasons. Yeah. That's the risk you take if you want to sign in. Like, this, the season had just gone past. He was a freak. It was a machine. Mm. And he's going to leave New Warriors after they had a season like that. Like, I don't know. Maybe it is family reasons. Like, why would you want to leave a team that's just had a season like that? 
I think it's interesting as well that, look, I think a team like the Bulldogs, the Tigers and the Dragons could use a guy like that because yeah. they need that sort of front rower leader. And he can clearly be that guy. We just saw it this season that's gone on with the Warriors. Yeah. But again, as you said, you're playing a risk at the end of the day of him saying, hey, in the, a year or two, you could be like, hey, I want to go back to New Zealand. Release me. Yeah. That's the sort of game that you play with him. Yeah. Like, whoever wants to take the biggest risk, we'll do it. And again, where do you it's, think, again, it's where very do you telling. Well, Bulldogs. Yeah. I think the Bulldogs. I, hate... I think the Bulldogs go for him. To be honest, I don't. I, I, don't I don't think they really care. I think they take the risk because, if I'm going to be honest, I think that whole coaching staff and um, sort of admin is under pressure, and they need to make a move like that to save their jobs. Yeah, definitely. With their recruitment, definitely. Like last year, everyone was talking about them making eight, maybe possibly. Yeah, that was me and, as well. Include me. Yeah. In now this year, um, I, I think I, I understand that, uh, and I think yeah, maybe they do to make a make they do make a move for him because I don't know where else. Who else is going to take the risk? Tigers. Yeah, but we got we got Clemmer, we got Twile. We, we yeah, got but they're options. not as good as Fenua Blake, yeah. right? It takes you to another level. And the Dragons, if, the Dragons are linked with everyone who's make, who's available. If someone's going to acquire him, do you reckon they're going to just pay cash, or there's going to be a trade involved? From what it sounds like, they're just going to release him, which would be dumb with the Warriors. Like you'd think, if they were yeah, smart, sure. you'd try to get something back in return. Get some assets, something, yeah. I mean, if you were the Bulldogs, you could trade, like, I don't know, you'd probably throw in Max King or something. Um, mm. <laughs> Josh Curran goes back to the Warriors. No. Um, Ockenball, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> something, I don't know, something very valuable, something that's going to help them with the Warriors. They would say, hey, we're going to have these guys pushing for another top four finish this season coming up. Yeah. Because interesting. Is that common NRL to have like trades for a player that's still in contract requesting a leave? Like, I don't no. think I remember much. No, yeah. because like the Olam, um, the Olam Bloor trade, like we're talking about, like that's interesting. That doesn't usually happen as well. Yeah. Like the only one that I was thinking of as a trade recently, like in recent trades, like I, I remember Ben Hunt was sort of talked about being released as you would have heard, yeah. but they didn't yeah. release him because they wanted something in return, which is very smart. Mm. But one thing that I do remember, like Josh Curran recently got released by the Warriors to go to mm. the Bulldogs. Like, do you think, someone of his talent could have been traded for something else to the Bulldogs? Surely you're playing in a row. He's not a starter, Josh Curran, is he? No, I mean, he'll probably be a starter at the Bulldogs, not the you Warriors. Should, you should get some a little something like... Yeah. 
And then oh, yeah. there was also uh, Lockie Miller, who went to Newcastle. And mm. Newcastle traded one of their young players to Cronulla. Mm. That didn't turn yeah. out well for Newcastle. <laughs> but the other one I was thinking of was the Tapané trade a few years ago. So Tapané goes to Canberra from Newcastle and mm. Mitch Barnett goes from Canberra to Newcastle. And I was looking back at that and I was like, oh, who won that trade? I'm thinking Canberra probably won that trade. Yeah, Canberra won that trade, yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, you got um, obviously Harry Grant as well going to the Tigers yeah. for Momorowski, mm. but the, both of those players yeah. were on loan, which was Yeah, was that uh, loan? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting where Adam Fenor Blake goes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, like we said, it's a risk, I think, because it could be like in a year or two, yeah, I want to go back to New Zealand or I want to move somewhere else. Mm. But you are getting one of the, at least a top five front rower in the league. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, you got to, you take the risk of having good on-field performance, but off the field, you don't know whether he's going to stay or leave. Yeah. Anyways, um, Dom, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate your insight today. Ah, thank you for having me. That's all good. Uh, if you want to follow Dom on Instagram, it's... Uh, do I, uh, oh, I always forget this. <laughs> I've got to write it down somewhere. Uh, Dom underscore 28. Oh, I'm wearing Dom 28 underscore. Ah, okay. I'll get it right. <laughs> Some, like, I got it right last week and I didn't get it right this week. All right, next week you get it right. Next time, yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to follow me, or the podcast. I'm on Instagram, X, uh, TikTok as well. I'll post there. As always, guys, thanks for listening. If you want to give us a review, uh, more than happy to hear it. Get some feedback on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to. As always, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day and I will chat to you soon. Oh, oh, oh.